The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. All the rays. Good afternoon on this Tuesday afternoon. How are you? Hope you're in good form. Uh, I was coming in this morning and I met Janice Ian in reception. There you go. I met Janice Ian in reception. We had a lovely chat about slow dancing. Janice and I. Uh, her big hit, of course, was at 17. And I was telling her that back in the day when I was a DJ, I was invited to DJ at these boarding schools. They used to have socials. I, I don't know if you're, you've ever heard of these, but they, you know, say if it was someplace like Clongos, they'd invite someplace like Rathnew um, to a social of a Saturday night. And a busload of girls would come to Clongos and then they would be emptied out into the hall. I would DJ. I was always, most often, the only adult in the room a young adult, uh, and then the nuns or the priests or whatever, they'd go off and have a cup of tea and a biscuit and there'd be a disco. Uh, and I was telling Janicine that at 17 was requested over and over again at those particular socials. And then she told me a story about attending a Catholic school and whenever they had a social that the nuns insisted that there was two inches between couples when they were slow dancing. And I said to her, well, I used to do this place down at the edge of the curra. Uh, and the owner insisted that there was nine inches between couples when they were slow dancing. And we had a good old laugh uh, and it was a good crack. And then I turned around and I saw Cathy Feeney. She's written the book Breakdown. She was on with Shade this morning. And we'd been talking about Cathy at home over the weekend because her book was reviewed uh, and there was interviews with Cathy in the papers. And Jenny's reading the book and she's loving it. She's loving it. it it's about a middle-aged woman who just... Up, 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 and leaves. Up and leaves, uh, and goes to Wales. Leaves her, her, her children and her husband and all that. And I said, you know, congratulations on the success. And my wife is loving your book and hopes she doesn't act on it. And then we laughed and she went on her way, and that was lovely. Uh, so that was that was it's nice to come into that, isn't it? Of you know, in your workplace, uh, and all the talk, of course, is about awards, particularly the Oscars. But there, there are other awards doing the rounds uh, for Irish people. Sally Hayden. Uh, whose book, My Fourth Time We Drowned, uh, Seeking Refuge on the World's Deadliest Migration Route, is a must-read, I think. If you want to understand what's going on in the world and you want to understand a lot of the people who arrive on our shores and what they've been through to get here, uh, you must read this book. It's it's an amazing work of journalism. Anyway, Sally Hayden has been nominated uh, as a European Young Leader this year by the Brussels-based think tank Friends of Europe for her work on migration, conflict and humanitarian crisis. Odd that because the European Union don't come out of it that well, her book, uh, which is interesting. I wonder what she has to say about that and I don't know what connection the European Young Leader and the Brussels-based think tank Friends of Europe have with the European Union but that, that, that's an interesting chat. So well done, Sally. Well done, Sally. And, and the, another Sally, Sally Rooney. Uh, she won awards last night in London at the Nielsen Book Data Bestseller Awards. Uh, honouring authors whose books have now sold more than quarter of a million, that's a silver one. You get a gold one if it's half a million and if you sell a million, you get a platinum. Uh, normal People has now sold over one million copies. That's in the UK alone, right? Uh, first, her first novel, Conversations with Friends, um, and uh, her most recent book, Beautiful World, Where Are You, have each sold more than half a million. So that's two golds and a platinum. Isn't that amazing? So well done to the two Sallies on that. And well done to Stephen Teep on his sterling silver uh, pin that he got from uh, the Blood Transfusion Board. 
because he tweeted overnight, complete my 20th blood donation this morning and got this little prezi. Helping strangers at zero cost to me doesn't get easier. It's a feel-good day. Happy Monday, that's from yesterday. It's simple and it helps a lot. So there's a lovely message from Stephen Teep. Uh, donating blood for the 20th time. That's all good news, isn't it? Uh, we'll get back to the Oscars. We will get back to the Oscars and Killian Murphy and poor things. Um, and on. But we'll give it a rest for the moment. Uh, not more important things, but... <laughs> A bit of a diversion. Uh, they're looking for the Tiffin Bar. Yes, and they've come to the right place. When it comes to confectionery and confectionery controversies and missing confectionery and shrinkflation uh, <laughs> confectionery, this, this is the place, this is the place. Anyway, the Tiffin Bar. Uh, I, I had to, I didn't really remember it. And then when it was described to me, uh, yes, yes, Philip Nolan from uh, the Daily Mail is looking for it. He, he loves them, he does. Uh, he says, has Tiffin been discontinued? It always seems to be the one dairy milk bar missing in shops nowadays. Uh, and just to jog your memory on the Tiffin, it was it had raisins and little bits of biscuits in chocolate. Now, they're three of my favourite things. So I must have been a fan back in the day, but I can't remember calling it a Tiffin bar. Probably called it something else. Anyhow, if you know of the whereabouts of the said Tiffin bar, please contact us and we let Philip Nolan know. Uh, there's there's a man in dire straits looking for his Tiffin bar, looking for his Tiffin bar. Uh, you might have heard us mention Noah Khan a lot before Christmas because his uh, song Stick Season was the song in the lead up to Christmas because it was a Christmas song and it was a new song. You don't get many of those. Well, new, it was released in 2022. Anyhow, and then he did a, he did a, a duet with Hosier. I see he's done one with Sam Fender as well. Uh, he's a Canadian singer-songwriter and he's just exploded onto the world stage uh, he's been around since 2017 but his his most recent uh, releases in particular Stick Season have you know catapulted him into the pop music stratosphere or even rock music stratosphere anyway he's touring and, and he has this thing that he, he, he gives out little shield of every place he goes um, and uh, as part of his merchandise so it includes a, it's a sort of a shield patch that you would sew onto your jacket uh, anyway, he has a green one and it reads Dublin UK. Ah! Oh yes, he was told. Oh yes, he, he was informed. He won't make that same mistake again. Uh, uh, fix the Dublin one. People didn't die for a design company to call us the UK, says one person. And then another person. Man, I love you, but read up on Irish history. Dublin ain't in the UK, said another fan. So the... You'd be able to get a, a a job lot of Noah Can patches with Dublin UK, probably quite cheaply, I'd say, if you go onto the internet. The internet. Uh, a couple of quick ones here. Uh, the Journal. Have you noticed the grand stretch in the evening? Yes, is the answer to that. Uh, energy drinks linked to insomnia among young people. No, uh, Sherlock. Sure, energy drinks have caffeine. Caffeine keeps you awake. So it's, I don't think you have to do scientific research for that. Uh, I love this um, Aoife Driscoll. She's an English teacher in Cork. And uh, she's teaching uh, English. As is, uh, yeah, uh, And she's talking about cultural context, as in, you know, if you have a book, for example, she's teaching uh, uh, small things like these uh, and it's set in the 1980s. So to give her pupils a cultural context she has been showing them reeling in the ears what a brilliant idea so she shows reeling in the ears from 1985 um, and, and then they get an idea of what was going on in the country uh, Charles Hawhey all that sort of thing the music the look of the country and then in their mind's eye 
they can create a backdrop for small things like these, which is great. Uh, and speaking of teachers and English teachers, we have one coming in today, Mikey Cullen, who's not only a, a teacher of English, he's also a poet and he's coming in to tell us his story. And I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, 51551 Ray at RTE.ie. Now, because we're on uh, Radio 1 and Billy Joel, oh, is it Joel or Joel? I say Joel, you say Joel, let's call the whole thing off. Because we're on Radio 1, we're contractually obliged uh, to talk about Billy Joel. Uh, he's releasing, and you would have heard this already, he's releasing his first new recordings in 17 years. Um, and what, what a great opportunity just to go back through his back catalogue. You know we like to do that sort of thing. It's sort of bite-size, bite-size hits here on the Ray Darcy Show. Too bad, but it's the life you lead. You're so ahead of yourself that you forgot what you need. Though you could see when you're wrong, you know you can't always see when you're right. You got your passion, you got your pride But don't you know that only fools are satisfied Dream on, but don't imagine they'll all come true Ooh, when will you realize Vienna waits for you Big on TikTok I prefer his early stuff, his storytelling days, yes The piano man. Yeah, great at the old ballads. Great at the old ballads. Yes. Promise you more than the Garden of Eden. Then she'll carelessly cut you and laugh while you're bleeding. But she'll bring out the best and the worst you can be. Blame it all on yourself, 'cause she's always a woman to me. When I'm deep inside of me, don't be too concerned. I won't ask for nothing while I'm gone. Yeah, I have a story about this one. <laughs> Stop me if I told you before. So when that came out, there was a thing going on in a relationship, and I thought that I might have been lied to. So I bought this album and I underlined this song, Honesty. Embarrassed for myself, my younger self, embarrassed. Honesty is hardly ever had the most what I need from you. You know, when you're a teenager, you think the lyrics of your song, of songs, are written about you. And, and they explain your life to you. That, that was me with honesty. I, I was still with them on this one. I don't need you to worry for me because I'm all right. I don't want you to tell me 
And he sort of lost me. new music for the first time in 17 years turn the lights back on oh an impressive back catalogue no pressure Billy and he's always Joel to me One more, yeah, we do one more, yeah, we do one more in its entirety. Five on five, five on radarte.ie. Uh, Joel sent us a photo uh, of a whole box of Tiffin bars. They're in stock in the gem shop in Boris Kane, Tipperary. So there you go, Philip Nolan, off to tip with you. Uh, it's back in the shops now. I work for Cadbury and demand was so high we couldn't make it quick enough. Mark, insider information. Thanks, Mark. Um, and uh, on Giving Blood, Pat and Ballantyre has been on. In my youth, in the 60s, the blood transfusion service had a large lorry, which used to call at factories, offices, etc. Given the hassle of travelling into town nowadays and the recent appeals of blood donations, would it not make sense to resurrect that service? Just a thought. That, that there, I remember when we were in Today FM, I, I walked around to that said truck in front of uh, Stevens, the Stevens Green Centre to give blood. So that could be 15 years ago. I must find, we must find out about what, what's going on there. And dances. When I was boarding in the Prez and Tomb in the 70s, we had hops with St. Charlotte's uh, the odd Saturday night. There was a priest observing from the stage and a few more duly mingling on the floor between dancers. Still great fun and a million years ago now, Suzanne. And uh, never mind the Tiffin Bar Ray, where's the rum and raisin bar gone? Um, it's not on at all from a soggy, miserable, but great to be alive, Wickla. Yeah, it wasn't. And then there was a Yorkie iteration of the, the, the raisins and the, the, the biscuit and the chocolate. Uh, the, rum and, the rum and raisin, you're talking my language now. That's my favourite ice cream, rum and raisin. I never knew there was a chocolate bar, a rum and raisin chocolate bar. I'll have to search that one out. Okay, did I say I was going to play one more? Oh, I did. Yes, I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. Good afternoon. Five on five of on Ray at RT.ie. Billy Joel. Still rocking old to me. Don't you know about the new fashion, honey? All you need a look at a whole lot of money. It's the next phase. New wave. Dance crazy. Anyways, it's still rock and roll to me. Talking about the new sound, funny, but it's still rock and roll to me. Billy Joel, still rock and roll to me. Yesterday, we spoke to Christopher Williams. He's head of Word Warriors at the Wayne State University in Detroit. And they resurrect 10 words every year. They've been doing it for 15 years. And we spoke to him about the words like Pocky and Petrichor and Twankle um, and Dollop and Kurtlaff. Maybe that didn't get a mention. Anyway, we were just thinking... Um, what other words should be resurrected? And this came up in conversation today. Palaver. Palaver. It's a good one, isn't it? All the palaver. And some people say palava. We couldn't find a palava anywhere, but we could find palaver. 
a lot of palavra about the balaclava. Um, it's from the Portuguese palavra word, um, talk speech by way of sailor slang. Um, profuse and idle talk, chatter. It, it, it suggests a bit of awkwardness as well, doesn't it? It's sort of a, a hoo-ha, a bit of palaver, a bit of sort of nuisance. That's what it does to me. What this palaver, you know, when you're trying to, for example, organise anything now, like open a bank account, for example, there's an awful lot of palaver involved. What, 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 what? Remember the day you just walked in off the street and you say, hello, how are you? Can I open a bank account? Yes, sir. Fill in this form. Thank you very much. How much do you want to lodge? £10. Thank you. Here's a book. We'll write it in for you. There's no palaver whatsoever. Now you have to jump through hoops, take selfies, scan passports, get some man who doesn't know you to sign his name on your forehead. Like ridiculous stuff. Anyway, that's palaver. That's palaver. Um, Love Billy, says somebody. Uh, I'm living my teenage years again. Uh, good, yeah. A great back catalogue when you listen to it. Thanks a million for the Billy Joel tunes. Uh, I'm all booked in to see him in Cardiff. Seemingly he's brilliant. Uh, Our Grace has been to see him and he is brilliant. And she knows, she says, it's pronounced Joel, not Joel. Right. It's, sorry, it's it's there. I, I, I'll i try. I'll do my best to say Billy Joel, but it'll always revert back to Joel. And I do apologise in advance for that. Now, we're looking for two of you to come on after three o'clock and take part in our Who Done A Quiz. A uh, great prize this week. It's a two-night stay for two people in the four-star New Park Hotel in Kilkenny. Dinner on one evening. Uh, the award-winning New Park Hotel offers an adult-only floor. It offers a selection of highly sought-after balcony suites, some even with outdoor hot tubs, and all can avail of a tranquil breakfast terrace set away from the hustle and bustle of the main dining areas for a proper escape away from it all, in inverted commas. Uh, they've an elegant lobby down there. And they have their escape health club and spa with three treatment rooms, an outdoor infinity pool overlooking lush gardens, along with a 17-metre swimming pool, jacuzzi, sauna and steam room. Wow. And you can go to newparkhotelkilkenny.com. Newparkhotelkilkenny.com. Here's your qualifying question on this Tuesday afternoon. Billy Joel, say it on me. Billy Joel has a new song coming out. Does he sing Piano Man or Harmonica Man? Uh, Billy Joel, did he have a hit with Piano Man or Harmonica Man? 0818 715 925. That's 0818 715 925. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Email ray at rte.ie. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Did you know that the Royal Cork Yacht Club is the oldest yacht club in the world? And it has taken them. 303 years since they were set up in 1720 to appoint a female admiral. Turn it! Anna Marie Fegan, congratulations. Thank you so much, Ray. (laughs) (laughs) It's brilliant and not so brilliant at the same time, isn't it? It's brilliant that you're the first, but why did it take so long? Isn't that it? (laughs) Our tradition, yeah. yeah, Yeah. Look, it's... um Oh, it's, a, it's a tough role, so um, it just took this time to, to get there when we're here, which yeah. is a, a great move. And would have been rules back in the day that would have, wouldn't have would have allowed this to happen? Absolutely, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a gentleman's club. Now, similar to golf clubs around the country, you know. It, um, it would have been. Um, but now it's changed and we're, 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 being, uh, we're coming into... 
the twenty first century. That's exactly it. I was going to say kicking and screaming, but now <laughs> we're here, and and it's great. And sailing is a great sport for mm. for my, my both my daughters sail and they drive the boat and they compete with their male counterparts as equals, which is amazing. So it's one of those sports, is it, where where male and female compete against each other? Yeah. Yeah, in some aspects, in the keelboats, yes. Yes, yes they, do. they do. Okay. So I, I'd have been involved, I got involved because the kids were involved. Like we've, we've over 250 volunteers in the club, you know, mm, mm. and it's, it, we've 1,900 members and there's a huge amount of activity on the water and it's, it's a great sport for male and females getting kids away from devices out onto the water and it's fantastic. And, and it's great that you offer one week's uh, sailing course to all pupils in the area. Is it secondary or primary? Uh, fifth and sixth class. Right. Okay. Primary. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's, you see, it, it was an elite sport. There's no doubt, and we're very anxious to get more people on the water. So you have to introduce them to sport. It's not the easiest of sports, and it's not for everybody. But you've got to get. Uh, we've loads of pathways in now <coughs> for adults and children. <coughs> excuse me. And um, it's it just to get more people out there. Like the, a boat has ten different roles. So mm. it's one driver, one owner, yeah. and then we're always looking for crew to help. And yeah. and and you know, there's, there's people pulling ropes and doing about bow and everything. Masters. It's a great way get out there on a Sunday and, and you know and forget the, everything and say there's more to it than you think. There is an awful lot more to it, yeah. 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 And, I, and you see, if you my, my girls learned to, to sail. They then did their courses and taught sailing here. And they've been to America teaching sailing for two summers. Yeah. Um, I've, there's a friend of theirs out in Australia teaching sailing. And if you go anywhere and you can sail and you walk down a marina, you'll get on a boat and you've instant friends. You have a job, yeah. yeah. You have a job and it's, it's, it's a great skill to have. Yeah. So how does it feel? Because, you know, is there a lot of pressure here? 303 years and you're the first I female. <laughs> I know, I know. No, stop I know. I'm standing on the shoulders of incredible females who, who ran the club from the back seat, yeah. as all females do at times. And they're, they're, I've had amazing support. And last night was lovely to have friends and family around. And it was a huge celebration. And people are delighted. And they're delighted that we're moving forward. And it's basically clearing the way for other females to come yeah. forward. You know? uh, and were you voted in or what way does it work? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, like, like I'd have come up through the ranks being yeah. class captain of uh, different classes. And then you become a, 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 a rear and then a vice and then admiral, you know? <laughs> I know, it's all, you were talking about palaver, there you go now. Yeah, there, there's palaver for you, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, uh, but it's a huge honour, Ray, and it's, yeah, a great, no, no. Uh, it's a great opportunity for, for, for females. Yeah, general. yeah, and, and is there, a, is there a, a, a chain of office, is there a hat, is there what? <laughs> a scarf, I tell you. But you see, this is it, they don't know what to do, because yes. it's never happened before. Yes, yes. This is all new territory, so we can do what we want. You can make your own rules. That's, I can make my own rules, exactly. What would you now like? What would you like? <laughs> Admiral, Admiral Fegan, what would you like? Uh, I know, I just want to get more people on the water. I think it's a great opportunity. I think with, with the mental health issues we have in this country, get kids out there, making yeah. their own decisions, away from computers, having fun, making friends, it's amazing. Yeah, and, and, and what people don't talk about enough, I think, when they talk about screen time, is what, what our young people are not doing while they're on their screens. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Because it, it, it exactly. just eats up time, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And, and, they, and honestly, they're like, I've made as much friends. We, I, we've gone around the country and around the world with the girls sailing. And I make as many friends as they do. Yeah. But you meet like-minded people. It's mm. the same. You yeah. know what every sport, the same parents are dragging kids around and dragging trailers. Yeah. And, 
you know, and so you make me like-minded people. You have great fun, and we, you know, it's, 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 it's a great now, social site. Uh, apart from people who aren't by the sea, that's one thing. But it, it, it is it expensive to get into initially. Not at all. You see, no. there's only one owner, right? Eh? Yeah, the rest, okay. everybody else is crew. You Would know, you... we have crew membership in our club for 350 euros a year. Right. You come down, join, join, take a crew membership, and we're dying to get people out in the water. And we have loads of clubs all over Cork, you know, and there's clubs all over Dublin, there's clubs all over the country. Just Google sailing. We, we our, our governing body, Irish sailing, are pushing very hard. Like we're very good for advertising within our own bubble, but we need to go out to the wider community. You yeah, know? yeah. You, you, you sound like you're going to be a great ambassador for the sport. Are, 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 <laughs> are you so. the first in Ireland? Uh, uh, yeah, there's not many admirals, you know, there's not a lot of Commodores, but not many admirals. So we yeah, but are you, are you the first, the first female admiral in Ireland? Could be in the world. In the world? <laughs> get, the, get the Guinness Book of World Records on the line there. <laughs> get, get yourself a good picture taken. I think we have Volvo Cork, we're coming up now in July, you must come down and visit us and we yeah. get you out sailing. That's uh, a uh, huge uh, regatta, we get people, it's one of the biggest regattas in Europe. It's it's something I've been tempted to do over the years. I, 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 I had a bad I had a bad thing years ago doing some program on a catamaran and it tipped over and I couldn't swim and uh, you know that that and I was tied to yeah. it, attached to it, and I went under it. And anyway, I'll be fine. Uh, I'll get over it. Yeah, no, no, but yeah, and you know, we should be very careful that you don't frighten people. So yes, yes. It's, it's having fun out there. Yes, and and you get parents that they want to go to the Olympics, and so it's very important that we ha- keep the fun element with it and get kids out in the water, get them having fun, and then they'll come back. Now. I, Anna-Marie, I'm, I'm serious on this, right? I, I, I think the deadline for the Guinness Book of World Records, they go into production, into print, quite early in the year. So if you've got, if you've got a good photograph well, you've to got us... That out no, that out for you, right? right. Listen, congratulations, Anna-Marie. Thank Lovely talking so to you. Bye now. Bye, you, bye, 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 bye. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Text 51551. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Right, teacher and poet Mikey Cullen joins us in studio. Um, good afternoon, Mikey. Right, great to be here. Thank yeah. you. I've never met somebody who teaches English to Irish before. I'm fascinated <laughs> by that. Before we talk about the poetry. Yeah. Um, but obviously there are there are English teachers in Gale School. Yeah, yeah. So I was Gale very fortunate to, to get the job in Gale Clarsh to Rockman. Um, and I did clarify when I was in the interview that the Irish wouldn't be the best. But they were saying, nah, look, just do the barely for now. Um, see how you get on, learn as you go. And, and then we'll see. Because I teach history as well. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, kind of broken Irish at the start of the class. You know, Sigi Shea, Sogus Kiuntas and whatever. And then uh, then the rest is true barely. So, yeah, true okay. English. Uh, so they obviously, when you're in a Gale school, uh, mm. you do English the same as anybody else. Yes. So to an examiner, it looks exactly the same. Yes. Does it? Are yeah. the questions asked or scale again? No, they're not. They're asked no, in, they're in, asked English, just English. through English. 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 Yeah. Right, OK. I, I, these might sound like stupid questions. No, no. But, but, but do they get, do your students get extra marks then for the Leaving Cert because they're doing it through Irish? They do for the subjects that they do through, through Irish, yeah. Right. They would, yeah. But not English? No, English is just the same as, okay. it, as it is in, in right. any other right. school, yeah. I, I, that, that might sound completely stupid, but there you go. No, I, I didn't. I wasn't that. aware either. You weren't aware either. Yeah, right. I'm learning as I go. Like, right, yeah. OK. Uh, so it must be great when you're uh, a secondary school teacher and you're you go viral on TikTok for all <laughs> yeah. the right reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there could be bad reasons yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And again, like it kind of the that was last year that that the home poem with yeah. Shanakia went went viral on on TikTok and Instagram as well. It done well. Um, 
because they put it up on their own page just in case anyone's looking at mine. I actually don't have too much on my own TikTok. But um, it was interesting, yeah, it was interesting. It was good crack and I wasn't, when it actually happened, I wasn't in a school, I was between schools because I was on placement. I was, I was in the middle of the PME. Um, What's the PME? The Professional Masters of Education. So uh-huh. to become fully qualified uh-huh. as a secondary teacher. But yeah, I remember going through some of the comments and you know yourself, if it's in the, the public arena, they're going to see it. So there was a few yup Mr. Collins and uh, that type of thing. And on yup, it. Like, yup's a good thing, is it? Yup's a good thing, yeah. yeah it's a positive <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yup is good. <laughs> uh, so, so, because, uh, like, poetry, mm. you know, it's it's a marmite thing, isn't it? Yes. Well, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Like, a lot of people just shut down immediately when they hear mm. poetry. Mm. Um, and yet here, you're, you're what, you're 26, mm. uh, you're from Beaumont, you're a school teacher, uh, and there's, there seems to be a resurgence in poetry. It's, it's, it's mm. linked in with spoken word, is it? Yeah, yeah, mine definitely would be. And I think spoken words, um, which again, for kind of people who don't know the difference, I actually don't know the... <laughs> oh, you don't? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't 100% know. I thought know. you were going to like this, Mikey. No, 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 I don't know the, the Oxford. I, I thought, here you go, the explanation. Now. See, I was, see the way I was sitting and everything was going, this yeah. is it now, this is going to explain to me. <laughs> spoken word versus poetry. Mikey, go on, go If on. you want Mikey's definition, yeah. it's spoken word is written to be performed, um, whereas poetry in its traditional form is to be read. Right. But I'm sure there's nuance there. Right. You know, you can look it up. But yeah, there is a resurgence, I think. And again, I'm only uh, performing and uh, doing the likes of this the last year or so. But um, even though I wasn't aware before I kind of got involved and started being public with, with my own writing. The where did it come from, Mikey? Where I started writing? Yeah. I don't know. It was just always... Always in me, like I've been writing since I was a kid, um, and not just poems, like poems, stories, little limericks and raps, and you know, I was kind of a fairly creative kid, I suppose. And then, like a lot of people, when you get into your teenage years, it, it kind of dissipates a bit. And I was doing a lot of sport, and I suppose then in my early twenties, I was kind of going through a lot and acting, acting the maggot as you do. And I needed a, an outlet, and I kind of returned to it naturally. Um, but again, it was always just for me. It was always a, a form of expression. You'll have to cathartic. expand there now. You'll have to expand there, the act and the maggot. And, and, and oh, I can't, I can't. I have to stay professional. No, but like, I don't know the exact history of rap and hip hop, mm. but there was one, one of the founding groups was a group called The Last Poets. Okay. Have you ever heard of Gil Scott Heron as well? He, I haven't actually. No, no. 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 So, so they, he, he was a poet, mm. but out of that came rap. Yeah, and I'd always say that to my students, especially is all good rap is poetry. Like maybe not a lot of the modern kind of drill rap and the stuff that you hear, but like the likes of Santander in the UK, Tupac Shakur, Biggie Smalls, like that is poetic. And Mm. in fact, a lot of most good songs like Bob Dylan are, you know, good songwriters are poets as well, you know. Mm. Um, So, yeah. So for the moment you're 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 doing the spoken word mm. poetry and you did this thing called home uh, for a, a Shanakia session. Yes. So this is a sort of a collective who get together and it's sort of an open mic. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So Shanakia was founded by a lad called Gaff Kieran Gaffney, and it's basically based on the premise of the Shanakias who used to go around to communities in Ireland because Ireland was a oral society. Like so many people were illiterate because weren't allowed to go to school or be educated. Um, so the Shanakia would go around, tell stories, folklore, history, perform 
poetry as well. So it's it's based on that concept, and you can apply to it. Or sometimes Gaff asks people, and he asked me to do it. And he invited you in. He invited me, and I'm glad he did because I probably wouldn't have put myself forward, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I got the nod and. I I done it and yeah again it's just any uh, medium of of expression and storytelling is is the premise of the night you know it's, right. it's a great success. So so you did one they filmed it they asked you for for your permission they put it up and they yes. got millions of millions. They of went views. around all right. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah home home yeah I actually didn't name it home home was the team of that particular right. night in Shanaki so he gives you an event or he gives you a team. And you tell a story loosely based on the team, but it kind of that was the name ascribed to it, and I, I stuck with it then. So your home is Beaumont. Yes, Beaumont, right? Uh, and famous for the hospital. That's it. Uh, that's yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. So do you want to do a bit of it first? A hundred percent. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a few minutes. Do you so want to stand up all of it. for it? I'm all right. Okay, okay. I'm all right. Thank you. Yeah. So home. So restricted, refined, and stifling is the cage that I call my home. The bars are repetitive and symmetrical. Concrete, concrete, grey, grey, semi-detached. As far as the eye can see, is carbon copied estate after estate after yet another row of estate and a company in shops, vended by and to cater for the so-called needs of the local populace they comprised of, a pub, a bookies, a Chinese, a chipper, a newsagent and any beautician facility or barbers take your pick. Concrete roads connecting identical rows of houses with carefully constructed green arrangements. All life was restricted to these areas. There's houses full of people, yet not all are known. We've thousands of neighbours, yet fewer friends to phone. We live so close together, yet so far removed. Even the boards are not free. Their lives too are restricted to the DIY shop board feeders that they flock to each day. Same time, same routine. Same black cat appears too. Just waiting. Waiting. To pounce on a hapless, helpless board. The cat hasn't caught them yet, but she will not give them forever. However, the birds still flock in feathered furry to get their bread and make their living all the while knowing that a cat's prowling in hope of fatal weakness. There's a cat waiting for us all. We're ostensibly civilised, but in this world the spirit dies and we're eaten up by trivialities and vapid, vacuous superficialities. The grey colours won't skin after too long and attacks one spirit. Grey skies, grey earth, uninspired minds. I can no longer hear my soul's song. I sometimes look up at the night sky in a gaze and wonder and awe All the lands I haven't seen nor saw All that was possible if I could soar But I am tethered to this place that has forgotten me By the longing that I feel deep in my heart And so I look up to the sky and dream At least then I'll have made a start And it goes on Very good, very good Thank you But a little bit depressing It is, yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, you wrote that at, you, were in a, you were in a certain place in your head at the time. Yes, you, yes. You wrote it. You may not be there now. Or, no, exactly. Yeah. I would say I wrote this around that poem around this time two years ago, and it's January of the January blues, and you know, like the and again, it's not. This applies to any kind of Western society. I'm not, you know, bad mountain, bow mountain. It's yeah. great, but um, do you know when the sky is grey? And concrete's obviously grey and your surroundings are grey and it's kind of, everything's just grey and it's not very conducive to, to creativity, I think, you know, it kind of yeah. colours your mind grey, that's what that's what I was talking about. Uh, do you perform, for want of a better word, in front of your pupils? No, no, no. No, no, no. no I try and keep the, the two separate okay. um, as much as possible. Would you not be interested to see how they'd react? Um, 
No. Well, no. like, I, they definitely know what I do. Um, and I suppose there's a few other, like, there's a lot of musicians in, in my school, traditional musicians, teachers, and, and other things. So I'm not the, the only artist or performer in the school. But no, I kind of, as much as possible as you can, obviously, for want of a better term, being in the public eye, like being on, which you hear, yeah. obviously they're going to be aware of you maybe, but um, I kind of like having the two okay. separate, as much as possible, you know. Uh, your Auntie Liz says hello from New York. Oh, no way. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's gas. Hi yeah. Liz, how are you? Hi to Mikey. <laughs> Um, and tell that guy to listen to Linton Quincy Johnson. I, I remember him. He's a, a Jamaican spoken word poet. So uh, it, this is your homework. So him and uh, Gil Scott Hearn and the last poets. Uh, I've actually heard of the Jamaican fellow. Oh, have you? It's yeah. being sent on to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's gas. Liz texting in. What's so, up, Liz? So, so what's the like? I know you're only twenty six and everything, but, mm. but like, do you do you stop and think about what what you'd like to do with my life? Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes. I My kind of philosophy is just see what happens, you know. Like, I, I kind of fell into teaching. I never wanted to be a teacher. I kind of fell into it. I think I studied history after secondary school, again, not having a clue what I want to do. But I think... Why history? I love history. Um, that's probably always been, like, my first passion. Um, Where did you get that from? My granny instilled it in me, Um and my mum then as well would have always encouraged us to read, so I would have read a lot of history books. I probably knew more history as a early teenager than I would now even, you know, I was fascinated with it. Um, like my granny, particularly, but all my grandparents are great storytellers and they tell us about when they are younger, but I remember my granny, uh, Etna in particular, my mum's mum, she's from Monaghan, and, you know, she'd be reading us the bedtime stories as kids, but when, when the book was over, then she'd tell us, Either stories of her own childhoods, you know, she'd when out getting her into trouble, but she'd she'd be going across the border. She's in Castle Blaney, so she'd go across Tarma yeah. and take butter and smuggle it back and she'd be chased by the the B specials and you know, they'd yeah. stand across the border and throw the fingers up to them and <laughs> stuff like that. As yeah. in and she'd tell us about the history of Ireland and the history of the world yeah. and I always found it fascinating because yeah, isn't it amazing when, when somebody like your granny can bring history to life? A hundred percent. And it's the particular to the general rather than yeah. reading it in a book. So it was yeah. her story then out to the bigger world. Yeah, yeah, I think James Joyce has a quote like that, doesn't Does he? he? The particular is the infinite or something like, I'm right, paraphrasing, right, but right. yeah. Except <laughs> <laughs> from James Joyce. Yeah. <laughs> amazing talent. Fair play to him. Um, and, and somebody else says... Um, under rules that date back to the mid-1920s, any student who answers a written exam in Irish may receive bonus marks uh, of up to 10%, depending on the subject, not English. Yeah, so there you English go. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what about, what about the teachers putting on a show? I was just thinking, if, if they do traditional music, and I was mm. listening to you there, and I was thinking of this guy, Gil Scott Hearn, uh, and he has this amazing thing where it's just drums behind him which don't, sound dissimilar to a bower on I was just mm. thinking that that put to a bower on might be something that would that would well, what I'm doing yeah, yeah I'm actually exploring that so I've been making music the last while um, now I'm not musical but I've been putting my lyrics to hip hop beats to right. techno beats dance beats and I want to do something a bit more traditionally Irish yeah. bower on or fiddle um, so again it's just just playing around right. and, and having fun with it you know we'll keep an eye on you <laughs> yes, yeah, do, yeah. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you very and, much. And, and people can go to the, the website of that, Shanaquia, and it's spelled S E A N C H O I C H E. So it's a play on Shanaquia and Iha. A, a portmanteau, I'm told, yeah, yeah. 
Play on words. Yeah, play on words. <laughs> yeah, storytelling and night. Yeah, yeah, night together. Okay, Mikey, great to see you. Thanks Thank so you, much. my Thank pleasure. You. Thank, Thank you, you Ray. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio One. Uh, Mikey, uh, this guy's poetry is great. I see the same grey in Manchester. Says Liam. Um, uh, now, uh, Poor Things, which is produced by Element Pictures from Dublin, have received a whopping 11 Oscar nominations, including Best Picture. Um, Paula Heffernan is head of production at Element and was head of production on Poor Things, and she joins us on the line now. Congratulations, Paula! Thanks so much, Ray. You were delighted. Yes, I'd it's say you are. Yeah, well, brilliant day. Uh, and it, 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 it was always mentioned as a dark horse, wasn't it, Poor Things? Because people were going Barbie, Oppenheimer, all that. Yeah. And just sneaking up from behind was Poor Things. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I know where there's some, some challenging um, titles to, to sneak up behind. But yeah. it's fantastic to be in the same race as them. So where, where did you, where do you gather in one place to hear the nominations or what, what way was it? Yeah, we were all squeezed into our boardroom here on O'Connell Street and uh, gathered around the television listening to the, the live Oscar nominations announcement. So it was fantastic, actually, a wonderful atmosphere here in the office. Um, you know, we're still doing kind of hybrid working where some people work from home, some in the office, but we all we all turned up today. Yes, to yeah, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. So uh, best production yeah. design, best editing, best costume design, best makeup and hairstyling, mm-hmm. best original score, best adopted screenplay, best cinematography. That's Robbie Ryan, who's from Dublin. Best actor in yeah. sports and role, Mark Ruffalo. He's amazing as a cad. Best actress, okay. Emma Stone, absolutely out of this world. Best director, Yorgos Lanthimos and uh, best picture. All the All the biggies there. That's it. It was wonderful, actually, as they were all being announced, just to you know, breathe a sigh of relief after each one and kind of be able to celebrate and think, wow, we're, we're actually getting them all. It's really, it's quite mind-blowing, actually. Yeah, still in, still in a state of shock, but very happy shock. Now, Paula, because you're all over it, will you do me a favour? I, I watched it on Sunday, uh, loved it, but will, will you explain Brilliant. to people who haven't seen it? You know, if, if you met somebody from a different planet or whatever, or somebody in a, in a, in a, in a pub or in a cafe, and you're, what do you do? Oh, I'm a, I am was a head of production on Poor Things. What's that? It's a movie. What's it about? Cue Paula. Mm-hmm. This is always a tricky one. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, it's not an easy one to describe. And I think I saw um, Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo on Graham Norton a few weeks ago. Even the two of them were trying to figure out how to describe it. <laughs> they had been in it. Um, it's a great story of, it tells the story of a character, Bella Baxter, who's played by Emma Stone, who's brought back to life by an unorthodox scientist. And she really goes on a kind of journey of discovery, um, starting off in kind of Victorian London, but a very alternative Victorian London, travelling through to Lisbon, Alexandria, Paris, all by way of a cruise ship. Um, so it's a kind of coming of age story with a very comic twist. Hmm. A really, really hopeful story with a lot of, I think, a feminist tone there and absolutely sumptuous production design and cinematography there to yes, kind of feed the yes. senses as you're going through as well. Uh, and then to bring a smile to your face, you have the the, 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 the goose with the dog's uh, body <laughs> and the chicken with the pig's head and the, all that That's sort of You're an orthodox scientist, yes. <laughs> yes yeah. So he's, he's Frankenstein-like and his father before him was, was Dr. Frankenstein-like as well and used to experiment on poor... Uh, William uh, Defoe's character, um, which is which is a running theme as well. Uh, so, just to explain, we we were saying yesterday that it it was all built sets, which must have been a huge job and logistical nightmare, and just huge in scale. 
absolutely incredible. Like nothing we've ever produced before in Element and nothing that I think uh, has been seen for a long time. Um, even when we were looking for where we might be able to shoot the film, we had to do a search literally worldwide. We were calling studios in New Zealand, studios in Vancouver, studios in Eastern Europe, all over to try and see where would fit the scale of the the production that we wanted to make. As I say, the journey that she goes on is Lisbon, Paris, mm. London, and we literally built all of these wow. cities inside studios and on studio back lots. So it was hugely ambitious, but the way that Yorgos wanted to see the world wasn't wasn't a case of actually going to these cities and seeing them as they are today or even trying to find the you know the old buildings that still stood for how they how they looked at the time he wanted a very alternative world that was really fantastical and magical because that's the story the story is of a woman brought back to life it's not real life it's not real mm. world but there's still very real story to be told here so building it all really gave us that freedom to create something that was beautiful and and to you know, this this character is discovering the world. She has been brought back to life essentially as an infant and she's discovering this world by her vision, her way of wanting to live in it, her way of wanting to kind of see the world around her and, and, and believe in it and believe in the positivity of what yeah. can happen um, in this world. So so we're building it all just really... Um, really, yeah, created a, a wonderful playground for her. Uh, so, no more than uh, Killian Murphy, uh, who has a relationship with Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan, uh, Element have a relationship with Yorgos Lanthimos that goes back years. Correct. Yes, yeah, we've actually shot five films with him. I've produced five films for him. Um, the first one we worked with him on was The Lobster, which was his first English language film. So our um, development team here in Element had watched a lot of his Greek films, loved him, loved the style of his filmmaking and said, look, what can we work on together? And actually, The Favourite was one of the first projects mm-hmm. that we decided we work on together. We had been developing the script here in Element for a number of years and talked to him about the type of project that he'd like to work on and he really thought that that was one that he could see working out um, and as we continued to work on the script he's just he's so prolific and always wants to have something working um, I think actually with that one Olivia Coleman's availability meant that we'd have to shoot it a little bit later so he said right what can we do in the meantime and we shot The Lobster Was she the all, Olivia Coleman was in The Lobster as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, she was. So she was able to do, she's a much um, smaller part. Smaller so she part, was okay. To, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, available for that. Okay, now I see Emma Stone is a producer on um, Poor Things, also stars in it. That's happening more and more, isn't it? And how does that work out? Give us, give us a little insight into actor stroke producers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, she, um, obviously herself and Yorgos have had a relationship since The Favourite as well. And he would have brought this project to her at a very early stage and talked to her a lot about the development of the project. Mm. So she was really involved kind of from a long time prior to that. And, And the role is so important. And it really took someone kind of buying into what this character is required, what's required of the character during the, the production. So it made absolute sense for her to be more involved as a producer on it. Mm. And she really did become involved in decision-making and really wanted to know how how um, the whole project was going to work, how it was all going to come together, who was going to be playing the various parts, who the heads of departments were going to be. Um, oh, she was hands-on. Yeah, it's not, just, it's not just a name on a roll oh, of her. Yeah. yeah, very much hands-on. No, so, no, she really was, yeah. Was, was the favourite nominated for Best Picture? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so you, you've been here before. So, so what mm-hmm. effect does this have on box office receipts for the movie? 
I think generally around this time of year, you see a lot more footfall in cinemas mm. um, because people hear about the nominations for all of the films, you know, the Oscars, the Golden Globes and the variety of awards that are happening at the moment. And they want to go and have that experience in a cinema where they're sitting in a dark room with a lot of like-minded people who really want to kind of immerse themselves in these projects that have been nominated for wonderful craft awards as well that have beautiful production design, gorgeous cinematography, fantastic sound. So that experience in a cinema is just so rich yeah. So I think it's, and this, this, it's I, I know people say this about a lot of movies, but I, I I think Poor Things has to be seen on the big screen to be appreciated. It's it's just a delight, just visually it's it a delight. Really Before you get into the story and Emma Stone's brilliant acting and all that sort of thing. So congratulations, 11 nominations for uh, Poor so Things, produced by Element Pictures. Um, and uh, we've just had Paula Heffernan, who's the head of production in Element and on Poor Things. Uh, thanks very much, Paula. Thank you. Um, thanks so much, Ray. Yeah, now... Uh, <laughs> Hello, William Wall. Hello, Ray. How are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. We're hoping for three in a row, William, because we we <laughs> <laughs> we spoke to you back when your former pupil Killian Murphy won a Golden Globe. Today, we're speaking to you on the day of his nomination for an Oscar, and let's hope that we will have the third one when he wins an Oscar. How do you Finger feel today? Crossed. Crossed. I feel great. I feel fantastic. It's Cork is is, is uh, celebrating quietly here. Yeah. Um, it's not so much that we, we sort of uh, are shocked by it. We kind of feel both we and Killian deserved an Oscar years ago, you know. And and, and you and your, your wife used to run a sort of a, a drama programme in the school um, and Killian was involved in that. Um, yeah. and, and I think the last time we were talking, like, it's, it was, was it obvious from the start or was it not that he was going to be this great? Uh, no, you no. Know, I mean, yeah. anybody who says they could see that at uh, <laughs> 17 years of age, I think is probably lying, you know, yeah. but you could see, you could see his talent. I mean, his talent was, was amazing even then. Yeah. Uh, so you have been in touch with him. I know you sent him uh, congratulations via email on, on after the Golden Globe. Uh, have yeah. you sent him another email on his nomination? Not yet. No. Not yet. <laughs> Last time I heard from him, he said it was mad over there, which I presume means America. That was after probably the Golden Globes. Yeah. Uh, so I imagine <laughs> he's gone off feet. Is that what he said? That's, that's, I love that's that. what he said. It's mad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How are you, William? <laughs> Killian here. It's mad over here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I see he's up against uh, Paul Giamatti. And uh, I don't know if this is a coincidence. Doesn't, uh, but anyway, he plays a teacher uh, in the holdovers. He does, yeah. have, have you seen yeah. that? I haven't seen it yet. No, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, he's another Killian kind of character. He hates doing the the the, the propaganda round as yeah, well. Yeah, the publicity know? carousel. Uh, yeah. Yes, he hates yeah, doing that. He, he hates playing himself. I think he said, which I think is a great line. Isn't that a great line? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just looking who else he's up against in the in the best actor category. Bradley Cooper. And yeah. somebody told me that Bradley had a little bit of a go at Killian because Killian told the story of having six months to research the Oppenheimer character. And oh, Bradley yeah. Cooper has been living uh, Leonard Bernstein for the last six years. Right. right. Yes. So he was going, yeah. it took me six years and not, I didn't just do it in six right. months. Anyway, we'll see yeah. how it goes for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you say slow learner maybe, you know. Say again? <laughs> slow, slow learner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The big question, you must be making plans now because if there is an Oscar in it, there has to be a plaque, won't there? This is the school that Oscar winner. Will there be a plaque in the school? Uh, I the clue, I'd, I'd say very likely, yeah. yeah. I haven't been teaching the school now for many years, you know, so yeah. 
but I'd imagine they will do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, he, and he'll have to open it himself probably as well. Yeah. And and did you yeah. see Oppenheimer? You did. I did. Yeah. Fantastic film. Yeah. yeah fantastic. And he, some and, amazing moments in it. You know. And he that was hard because he was in nearly every scene. He was, yeah. yeah, and it's a long, long, long film, you know. It's a long, uh, long, long film. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, a long for every hour of it. There, there's just three films. <laughs> there is. Anyway, exactly. it's a great day for Ireland, great day for Cork, and a great day for it Killian is. Murphy. William Hill or William Wall? No, William Hill is the bookmaker. <laughs> William Hill. I'm taking bets anyway on the. On the yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, so. Very <laughs> quick, very good. William Wall, thanks very much. Thanks, William. Anish uh, now in the priest scales and Oak to Lamar de Wallish. Good morning, Thank you very much. Five on five, five on radrt.ie. And just catching up on a few texts from the first hour. Um, on Mikey Cullen, that poem described my mood during the first week of January, only I had no words. Magnificent, says Mary in Clontarf. Uh, on Tiffin Bars, uh, I left Ireland in 1996 for Kentucky. I opened an Irish shop in Lexington, Kentucky in 2001. I sell a lot of food and I'm happy to say I have Tiffin Bars and Purple Yorkies galore. Uh, if your fella needs it shipped... Uh, LOL all the best and keep up the good work that's Lisa uh, in uh, Lexington in Kentucky Um, hello Lisa it's L-I-Z-A I'm a proud regular platelet donor and I'm approaching 700 donations in the National Coagulation Centre in St James' Hospital Jim well done you Uh, that's hugely important uh, work you're doing if you call it work uh, and Trish says on Tiffins, my partner eats four to five Tiffins a day for the past 40 years. Maybe he eats the entire market supply, buys them in the wholesaler. Last count, <laughs> he had 649 in stock, a few weeks supply, says Trish. Uh, and any chance of a blast of scenes from an Italian restaurant from Billy Joel brings back great memories of living in New York in the late 1990s, says Joe. Your wish, our command. say this, a bit controversial, but I think his later stuff coloured his earlier stuff. Mm, do you know what I'm saying? Anyway, anyway, uh, Billy Joel. Uh, Joel, sorry, Billy Joel, Billy Joel, Billy Joel. Uh, we have two quizzers standing by and they're waiting to play the Who Done It quiz. Thank you. And there's a prize, great prize. It's a two-night stay for two people at the New Park Hotel in Kilkenny. It's a four-star hotel. You get dinner on one of the evenings and they have an adult-only floor down there offering a selection of highly sought-after balcony suites. Some even have outdoor hot tubs uh, and all on that floor can avail of a tranquil breakfast terrace set away from the hustle and bustle of the main dining areas for a proper escape away from it all. Uh, they have the Escape Health Club and Spa, three treatment rooms. They have a 17-metre swimming pool, jacuzzi, sauna, steam room. All there. The whole cat and caboodle. Uh, New Park Hotel Kilkenny. Newparkhotelkilkenny.com. Hello, Kate Mooney. Hello, Ray. How are you? Not too bad. You're in Merino. Yes, I am. Famous for the waltz. The waltz? 
Oh, the walls. Yeah, yeah. That's like a wall. That's a wall. I'm sure there are walls out in Marina. No, no yeah. famous ones. Lovely walls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the walls. Oh, sorry. sorry. Dee, 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 that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, now you're you're working away, are you? Or are you? You're... I am. I work in Ratmines College over in Ratmines. Right. Um, so I was in there today. It's just Marie home. And do you teach? I teach, yeah, yeah. I'm a teacher. I teach. I teach a lot of things: cultural history, right. statistics, bit of computer stuff. And, and is it third level? It is. Yeah, it's further ed. Yeah, KLC courses. So. All right, right, right. Cultural yeah. history. Cultural history. Yeah. Go on. Love it. Expand. I do. I kind of there's a great guy before me set up the course, and then I kind of took it over and I've molded into kind of things I'm interested in. So I kind of mostly look at 20th century Irish society. Mm. So a lot of kind of the politics and the links of the church and women's lives and all of right. that. Right. So, right. Yeah. Uh, so do you have different modules within that course? No, that's the that's oh, one that's, of the modules that, that's on the a module. liberal arts that, course. Uh-huh, yeah, that's on uh-huh. a liberal arts right, course right, that right. we do. Yeah. So what, what? What? Just give us one heading there. One that you'd cover. Um, well, I do. Well, it's, some of it's very heavy stuff. I yeah. do like the stuff on the Magdalen laundry. Yes, and stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, so I was actually looking to say the Abbey have a great education thing on that. They've just sent out. So I'm going to use that now over the next few weeks. Great. Um, and, and, and so you're teaching this to people in their late teens, early twenties, in the main, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah in and around that. And yeah, it, it, it must sound to them like a different planet. Well, it is, and that's why I kind of do it because. I kind of think people of that generation, like I, I'm of the generation where it kind of all, I was just kind of coming into adulthood when all the revelations about the mm. church became known. So it was kind of very, I was very, very aware of it. Whereas I kind of think a lot of that generation kind of just like, oh yeah, there was bad stuff happened, you know, and it's kind of just not, it's not as current in their lives, I suppose. Yeah. So and, and just, I just think it's an important thing to remember and look how, at. How do they react um, last year was the first year I kind of did it and yeah they reacted they were kind of really shocked and mm. I kind of I'm very conscious that some of it's very difficult to deal with and yes. it's kind of a hard topic to cover so I kind of do lots of trigger warnings all the way through and then I'm I'm a very emotional person so I sit sobbing sometimes and we're watching videos and stuff you know yeah. so I kind of warn them but they were I think they really enjoyed it and they, they found it very valuable and you know because I get them to do a little review afterwards and they were saying no they really kind of thought it was they were really glad oh, to kind of have looked at it so yeah, yeah. Uh, now you're a fan of Billy Joel do you do you say Joel or Joel or what were you uh, Joel. Joel. Joel, you see, there you go. Ah, yeah. I, I, think, I, I think it's the younger people say Joel, to be honest. No, I don't know, but, but I, I, it was all Joel to me. Yeah. And would you have a favourite song? Uh, well, my friends, my friend, I remember my, me and my friends, Susanna Hearn in primary school, used to do a dance to Uptown Girl. We loved that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's very quick. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's good. That's it, yeah. Uh, because his was, did, she mar- did he marry her, the model uh, who was in that video? Christy, did he? I don't know. Christy Brinkley. Christy Brinkley. Christy, oh, yes. That, remember that? Um, He'd have been well to do so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think he wrote that about her and she was, I think that's the story anyway. Um, and, and then uh, Westlife did a version of that, didn't they? Um, they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, no, yeah, that was... yeah. See, I, I think I'm a bit of a music snob. I'm just thinking about it there because it, once he released that, I went off him, you know. I, I liked all the earlier stuff. Um, I, you know, you see, I would have just been... Uh, you're been younger just, than just, me. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, a little younger, bit younger, younger than yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Do you know what? I, I was told, I texted my brother to say, Mike Bionne, he said... Um, if one of the questions is who owned the first pair of Technics in Kildare, it was you. Is that true? <laughs> that is true, yeah. 
Who's your brother? Don't be that much of a music snob. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I'm embarrassed. I don't know why I'm embarrassed for opening or owning a pair of Technics, but yeah, that, that yeah, I, I was the first to, to own Technics in Clare. Yeah, okay, right. Uh, who's your brother? I'm fascinated now. Who's your, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know him, Carl Mooney. He, he does reggae DJing. Oh, does he? Right there, you go, Carl uh, Mooney. Yeah. I look him up now. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, you're up against <laughs> Rankin Paul. Rez. Rankin pa- Rez is his DJ name. Sorry. What, what's his what's his DJ Rankin name? Rankin Rez. Rankin Rez. Rankin Rez. Rankin yeah. Right, Rankin Rez. Where he's international. Uh, Paul Serik, you're up against Paul Serik who's in Hookhead in Wexford. How are you doing, Paul? Good afternoon, Ray. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, you have a brilliant job. Oh, thank you. Yeah, go on. <laughs> tell them what, I enjoy it, yeah. T- tell them what you do. Uh, I'm a guide in the Hook Lighthouse. Ah, look at that. Oh. There was an amazing <laughs> picture of Hook Lighthouse in the papers there on Monday. Was it yesterday? Or uh, yeah, yeah, which was a bit surprising because the Daily Mail used it under the heading that uh, Storm Isha was battering Britain. <laughs> Is that you doing sound effects now of of, of the wind? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to. Some Jocelyn is here. Yeah, is she? Yeah. How is it down there? It's getting windy, all right. Yeah, it's yeah. just getting windy and wild. Yeah, because so. you're really exposed there in Hookhead. There's no shelter, nowhere to go. No, we're a peninsula. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's yeah. beautiful, I and mean, even in the storms, it's, it's still a fabulous place to be. Yeah, uh, I love it down there. Um, we, we're constantly talking about it here because Owen Colfer and his family have a strong connection, don't they? To, Hook. Oh, of course they do, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and how thick are the walls? You, you know all this off the top of your head because you're a guide. Well, <laughs> at the base of the tower, yeah. the walls are four metres thick. What? Yeah, and then they, they uh, taper as they go up. So about 3.6 at the middle and 3.2 at the top. Right. Just seeing as so we're on first here, can you, can you, do you know the only person who's ever abseiled down the side of Hook Lighthouse? <laughs> I thought that might come up. <laughs> and, and last year when Baz Ashwali was there, uh, he made reference to it and was talking about, you know, 20 ways to kill your mother. He was going to abseil down with his mother. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't answer my question. <laughs> yes, your name comes up regularly, Ray. We, we look across to Dunmore East and we see you on the beach and wave at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a lovely view both ways, isn't it? A lovely view both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. How did you end like, up there? Like your first caller, we're, we're steeped in history as well. And, you know, it's interesting to see modern history being taught at PLC. We obviously talk about 800-year-old history yeah. when the Normans landed here yeah. and built the tower. It's the oldest operational tower, lighthouse tower in the world. And here's another question for Paul on history. Is mm-hmm. the phrase by hook or by crook, is that related to hook head? 100%. Right. Go on. In 1642 in the English Civil War and Duncannon Fort was being held by the Confederate forces here. Mm. Oliver Cromwell sent over his flagship, the Great Lewis, a 40-gun sloop, to take back the fort at all costs or by any means. And that was written in the orders for the admirals and the directions to find Duncannon Fort was to enter Waterford Harbour and keep to the channel by hook or by crook. Crook hey, village, as you know, is, is Hey, even if strategy. it's not true, it's a great story. Okay. There uh, you go. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> of course that, it's true. Yeah. And Susie Dent said something completely different on your she show did, and she was she so did. wrong. She was so wrong. Get her on the phone yeah. now and correct her. Uh, right, <laughs> it's Paul versus Kate. Um, three questions each. I give you the category, ask if you want a clue. If you go for a clue and get it right, you get a point. If you go without a clue uh, and you get it right, you get two points. Whoever has the most points is the winner. If it's drawn points, we go to a tiebreak question. Good luck to you both. Kate and Paul, here we go. Good luck, Kate. 
Thanks, Paul. Good luck to you. Now, Kate, music. 90s music. Sorry, 90s music is the first category. Do you want a clue or not? No, I'll go without a clue. Okay, for two points, who's this? Into a week in the morning and I step outside and I take a deep Four non blondes. Four non blondes, correct. Scream from the top of my lungs. What's going on? What's up? There, well done. Uh, two points. It is four non blondes. Good start. Um, now, Paul, nineties music. Under pressure. What do you want right, to do? We'll go for we'll go for two points as well, Ray. Okay, two points. Who is this for two points? Can't, I can't remember. Is it hooked on bass? No. No. Oh, so close. So close. Kate, did you know who that was? Yeah, Ace of Bass. Ace of Bass, yes. Ace of Bass. Oh. Uh, and they also had a hit with All That She Wants. Um, mm. Okay, no panic yet, Paul. That's only question one. <laughs> we move on to question two. Kate, child actors. Child actors. What do you want to do on this one? I'll go for two. Two. Okay, can you name this two child point, actor? Yeah. yeah. I, I convinced my oldest, Dak, that um, he is the kid in Home Alone. I'll, I'll, I'll tell him, I'm like, hey, remember when you had yellow hair? And he's like, yeah, I do. And I'm like, hey, do you remember when you slid down the stairs? He's like, yeah, I do. Like, he is such a liar. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It, it, it gives me a new perspective on, on that film. Who's that? Jeez, I can't really hear. Probably, I don't know, uh, Macaulay Culkin. It is Macaulay Culkin, obviously. Is it? Yeah, it is Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, it's talking about Home Alone. <laughs> Uh, his brother Kieran is winning awards left, right, and centre, but that's Macaulay Culkin. Oh, yeah. Two points for you, right? Uh, Paul, child actors, you sort of have to go. For, I sort of have to go for do. the two there. Yeah, you right? do. Yeah, yeah you okay. do. Um, mm-hmm. You've done the maths. I've done the maths. Who's this for two points? Growing up on those sets, you were still allowed to be a kid. There was never a sense of any time being taken away from our child. Oh, that's Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe. Yes, it is. Right there, you go, Daniel Radcliffe. Two points. Yes. We won't uh, delay you. Uh, we'll stop you. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, there you go. So it's now you're on two, Paul. Kate, you're on four. Mm-hmm. So, Kate, if you get anything from the final category, which is British Formula One racing drivers, Paul can't catch you. However, if you don't get anything, Paul goes for a two-pointer. He gets it right. We're into a tie-break situation. What do you want to do, Kate? I'll take a clue. Okay, that's we, the wise thing to do. Here's your clue. He shares a first name with Mrs. Onassis. Can you name this Formula One racing driver for one point? I had the best mechanics I think I could ever have had in the world. One of the things that you've got to be as a a racing driver is to have good people around you. I'm here tonight because of them. That's the most important part of my whole life. The fact that I've been able to have people around me who are the best. Who's that? I don't know, Ducky. Jackie Ford, I don't know. No. It was Jackie Stewart. It was Jackie Stewart, yeah, Jackie Stewart. No, that wasn't right either. <laughs> so, so four, Jackie Stewart, right. Um, you're on four, Kate. You're still, you know, Paul has to get two points out of this uh, to bring us to yeah. a tie-break situation. So it's British Formula One racing drivers. Um, I'm going to ask you, but I know what the answer is. Uh, you, you're going for <laughs> two- go without the clue, yeah, right? Without the clue, okay. Uh, right, for two points and to bring us to a tie-break situation, who is this? I actually don't really like driving 
unless I'm going fast. The only time I ever drive is when I go back and if I go and visit my parents. When I get home, I, I have um, an old Mini Cooper, like the Mr. Bean car. And, uh, and I go and take it back into the town that I grew up in and I drive down memory lane. I just, I go past my first school, I go past my first house. No one would expect me I in that car. I think that's Lewis Hamilton, right? It is Lewis Hamilton, yes, two points. Right, that brings us to a tie-break situation. Um, okay, uh, so we asked you this question before we went on air. We're going to repeat it now for our listeners at home. Uh, whichever of you uh, answers closest to the correct answer is today's winner. So, according to Google Maps, how long would it take you to walk from Port Marnock in County Dublin to Port Tumna in County Galway? Uh, and Kate, your guess was? I think it's 14 hours, 12 minutes. That's what you said. Um, it's 164 kilometres if you're going via the R403. Your guess, Paul? Was 36 hours. 36 hours, right. The correct answer is 37 hours. Kate, sorry about that. And, and you, um, you, sorry, well you, did, done, you did so well. Listen, lovely Thank chatting to you. Thank you very much, Kate. Uh, and, and we might talk to you in more detail about the course you're giving out there at a future date. Uh, Kate Mooney, we're going to send you out a radar show. Keep cup. Thanks, Kate. Bye now. Thank bye. You. Bye. 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 Um, Paul, well done. Um, oh, fantastic. Yes, Thank you. Yeah, you're off to the uh, New Park Hotel in Kilkenny. It's a four star hotel. And you can find out more about it at newparkhotelkilkenny.com. Well done. Thank you very much. And we look forward you. to seeing you in the summer, Ray. Yeah, Come yeah. to the lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, good luck. See you, Paul. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Email ray at rte.ie. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio. Now, what's going on with the weather and our skin? Because it's, it was cold, very cold last week, sub-zero temperatures, and then you're going from that into a central heated office or home, and it affects, it plays havoc on our skin. So we decided to get uh, the skin nerd, Jennifer Rock, in to give us advice. Good afternoon, Jennifer. Good afternoon, Ray. How are you? Uh, am I blowing it out of proportion, or is, does it affect our skin? It really does. And you know what? It's so hard. Like, I walked into the studio today, it's seven degrees outside. Last week, it's, it's icy, it's cold. So the severity and the extremes of severity does have an impact on the skin. So ultimately, what you're dealing with is dry heat in the home, dry heat example in the office or wherever you might be out and about and it's the lack of humidity that has the impact on the skin so uh-huh. the elements of the wind and the lack of humidity so we're always looking for moisture in the skin that's what allows it to be dewy, fresh and really it helps the barrier of your skin so if you think about what the skin is, the skin is a barrier, it's there to defend so ultimately it's not at its healthiest when the barrier is compromised so you can't help the weather we wish we could right, we're, we're not able to so ultimately what can you do at home is take control into your own hands and just be careful of what skincare products you're applying it doesn't mean you need to buy anything specific it's just be wary of what you're using so example and nobody will like me for this Ray because I know at the end of a long day you want a really hot shower but the hot shower will actually dry the skin out further so you can get in on a tepid temperature and raise it up to hot it's again like like most things in skin if you do hot to cold or dry to warm it just it causes too much of a contrast so not so too much a of no, a hot no. no no to the hot Try shower and avoid contrast but, and then when you're in the shower be careful of what you're using so anything that is what we call surfactant based so essentially it's a wash something that lathers too much so it can psychologically feel lovely on the skin because you feel really clean and squeaky once you get out those can often have ingredients in it that are just again stripping that natural layer of protection because don't forget your skin naturally has oils on the surface and it has what's called an NMS so a natural moisturising factor it's actually supposed to generate its own moisture think about children think about babies so why do we spend billions every year on moisturiser then? because life and 
lifestyle does dictate okay, it. So, right. for example, when you are, like we're saying, out and about in the winter months, it does cause that lack of humidity, that lack of moisture in the skin. So be wary of hot showers. Be wary of the shower gels, the products you're using. If you're feeling the need to put a moisturiser on, question the shower gel or the cleanser that you're using. A lot of our clients, for example, would say to me, I love a wash. I love that sensation of a wash. But actually encouraging you to look at cream-based cleansers can be far more advantageous. They really respect the skin. They don't take too much away from the skin, which then in turn means you don't have to use as many products thereafter because you're not kind of arguably stripping so your own skin first. So a cream-based cleanser. Yes, right. honestly, yeah. More so, and we tend to like the gels more so. Statistically, there are the ones that sell better, but cream is something I'm a huge advocate of. Because a few years ago was all that really rough stuff, that gritty stuff. The rough stuff, yeah. Thankfully now the EU have they're banned gone, them. They're gone, are from, they? Yeah, from a sustainability perspective, was when we had those granules, and there still are some granules, but there is lots of microplastics uh-huh. that used to be in products that gave you that instantaneous you know, sensation of being squeaky clean. And I said this earlier to somebody, but I really believe that sometimes we exfoliate our skin thinking we're exfoliating an accessory or I used to in the past I publicly declare used to exfoliate my skin like I was cleaning the kitchen sink like you would yeah. just go for it but really going back to that word barrier skin hydration locking it in is key and there's a key ingredient that I don't want to say is trendy but it's definitely quite current it's an ingredient you naturally have in your skin it's called ceramides so ceramides are they're a lipid they're a fatty acid they're found naturally within the skin and they are responsible for kind of keeping the moisture in your skin and they are key to consider if you are getting a moisturiser or a serum or a spritz. Say the word again. Ceramides. Ceramides. So, yes, How would you know looking, if a product has ceramides in it or so not? Usually on, the ba- usually on the front of the bottle they'll advertise it. They'll they'll want you right. to know. Okay. If you're looking at the back of the box which is where I love to, to live so the inky list as you call it that's the legal name for the ingredients. You're looking for things like ceramide 1, 2, 3 right. or ceramide NP so it does usually I'm have I'm just wondering if there. those granules are, are, are now banned and you know because it, it, it seems to be trends So how do we know what is truly good for us? This is is the age old question, isn't it? I do think where you get your sources of information from is key. So I I love social media. I love to read a blog. But I suppose asking myself in any shape or form, be it lifestyle, diet, in in this case, skin, am I getting my information from a credible source? That's that's question one. Are they qualified or is it opinion based? And is it based on aesthetics or perhaps more the health side? Mm. And then realistically, very honestly, it goes back to the basics as it does with most things in life. So it's cleansing your skin, ideally, as we said, with either a ceramide based uh, cleanser a probiotic cleanser, ultimately a cream cleanser. Getting hydration into the skin is key as well. So hyaluronic is an ingredient you hear about a lot. That could be something to consider. Vitamin A, in my opinion, and a lot of derms, doctors, facialists, nurses will agree that vitamin A, which we often hear of as retinol, is a non-negotiable in skincare because it truly can... What do you get that from in your diet? In your diet, yes, a lot of liver. I'm right. not really a I'm not really a liver patty fan. You can get it, obviously you get your plant forms of beta carotene, so you get that a lot in your vegetables. And again, your question is so valid. Skincare is inside out. It's almost um, immoral or unethical to say that you you know this eye cream will be the youth of elixir that you've always waited for. But it is the inside out. Even back to winter skin, as we started, essential fatty acids in your diet are key. So getting your omegas into the skin, whether you're plant based or not, you know your nuts, mm. your seeds, your fish, your oils, they really do have an impact on the skin. They, for example, are like a an internal body moisturizer. Because when you think about it, you put on a cleanser, you're only treating an area. Whereas if you're put, you're eating your good fats, you're going to hydrate literally every single part of your skin, toes to top to toe, literally. Right, controversial question. <laughs> like, because you you would have started off as been described as an influencer, wouldn't you? Yeah, I so suppose my background is a facialist. So I've been a yes. facialist for twenty years now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And how do you feel about the current crop? The current crop. <laughs> uh, that's a very that is a controversial. <laughs> no, do you know what? 
I wouldn't have the phenomenal businesses that I do and the clients that I have without them. Yeah. But I feel that I hope it's starting to change. Although I say that, and there was a viral TikTok at the weekend of a very well-known influencer that was advocating for sunbeds, for example. Right. And Not good, that, yes. that, yeah, yeah, and that, yeah. that breaks my heart. Because so what you said a, is brilliant advice. You know, you need to trust your source of information. I think so. Yeah. And, and if you're not and you're doing it for entertainment purposes, just know that. Know that that's what you're looking and listening at, but don't maybe pay as much heed unless it's from an educated source. You'll find Jennifer on The Skin Nerd. Thanks very much, Jennifer. Thank you, Ray. That's it from us. Uh, Cormac's on Drive Time. We're back tomorrow at three o'clock. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday evening. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1.